0: I was really struggling as we walked through the aftermath. It just felt like every day was a struggle. It was hard to
1: breathe sometimes. It was hard to just function day to day. And it was so lonely.
2: When Carrie learned of her husband's affair, she felt betrayed by God. She lost hope until she heard a Focus on the Family podcast.
3: The reason why I listened
1: to it over and over again is because it felt like I was sitting down with a friend who was telling me, like, I've been there, and it's okay, and you can do this, and I promise in the end it's going to be worth it, and it just broke me in a good way.
2: I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can heal more broken marriages, like Carrie's, and give families hope. Please call 800-the-letter-A-and-the-word-FAMILY. That's 800-A-FAMILY. Or donate at focusonthefamily.com slash hope, and your gift will be doubled.
0: you would do anything to help your child succeed in life. But what if doing anything is really not helpful? What if um, saying no, letting go, and allowing natural consequences to enter into your child's life is actually the best thing? I'm John Fuller with Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up our parenting department here at Focus on the Family. And we're going to turn now to a conversation that Jim Daly and I had with Allison Botke, Her son, as a young adult, was wrestling with an addiction, and she had to come to terms with that and offers great insights about her own personal experience and how you and I can respond when an adult child is struggling. And, uh, you know, Allison, one of the things on that guilt side, we had a daughter that went to college. I told her at the beginning, this is a stretch school. This wasn't in the kind of the approved list of tuition ranges, so let's take it a semester at a time. And it was really, really hard to call her midway through the second semester to say, I don't have any more for you. We've kind of spent it all, and I know you're only a year in, but I can't do any more. And I felt kind of guilty about that. I think she would tell you that it was really hard for her at the time. She's now finishing up her school, but she's been paying for it. Uh, but th- that was really hard because I wanted her to be there, but she had to learn kind of to own that. That How do we navigate that guilt well, That shame? says a,
1: a lot about your health, your mental health, and your spiritual well, to be spiritual fair, this was health. not my
0: first child. I had <laughs> practiced already <laughs> well, see, <laughs> to some degree. To be
1: able to do it and to have a support group, people around you. Yeah. I would imagine you had a group around you or friends, or and you were healthy enough to handle that sadness or that fear, yeah, she was, that ma- guilt. She was mad. And she, well, and they 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 may get mad but if you you know are you going to go into massive debt yourself and this is what's happening a lot of parents have you know they've mortgaged their homes they've gone into hmm. incredible debt themselves so now they're at risk growing older of being able to take care of themselves because they've spent all this money to and they educate, think it's or, the right you know, thing and they think it's the right thing and there isn't one blanket Hmm. Right, I, you know, for for parents like this, it's not one. You simply cannot ever pay for this for your child, or there isn't. It's it's all individual and how this your adult child respects this and, and is willing to pay back in some way. Um, and that open communication, you know, it's there's a difference between dysfunctional adult children and hmm. adult children that are just kind of struggling through. Right, and you got to know screen. the difference. Yes, Let exactly. Let me ask you,
2: Allison, a common problem that parents face with dysfunctional adult children is our memories of them. I really like this point. Uh, We remember their childhood, and we kind of long for those days where we could say, put the dishes in the dishwasher, make your bed, thank you. Now eat breakfast, brush your teeth, okay, great. See you later after school, bye. Um, We had a lot more control, and we could predict outcomes, Mm. and we knew where we needed to shore up lax behaviors etc but then they're adult children and they've got to make their own decisions you got to back off i remember when one of my boys we were on an adventure thing a mountaineering thing and we were in this uh, devotional time together and i every time that my son was asked a question he'd give a brief answer and then i would jump in and you know <laughs> fill in for him because he is exceptionally bright and you know but I, the instructor finally had to say hey jim let's let him answer the questions <laughs> and that was Good a great him. smackdown yeah. <laughs> you know and it really did that caught my attention i i really uh, embrace that to not answer questions for my boys, to restrain, filling in the blanks for whatever reason. But back to the point, we do, the part of the parenting journey is you got to stop parenting exactly. in that kind of yeah. um, singularity, that, that, that granularity. You've got to be able to back off and start letting them make decisions, well, good but, and you know, bad
1: ones. And that, that takes an incredible amount of self-awareness that, that what you're doing isn't Healthy, you know, so right. a lot of parents don't even realize that what they're doing isn't healthy, and
2: that's like 11, 12 you know, year olds that you need to start doing that with. Exactly, not twenty-two the, year
1: olds. By the time they're twenty-two, 22, 25, and it's even older now. It's you know thirties, forties, fifties, baby boomers. You know these our kids are older. My my son's forty-seven, so it's. There's different challenges than there are when our kids are just getting out of college, that Mm, 25s, 27s. Uh,
2: Now, you have a really dramatic story. We've kind of saved this toward the end of today. We're going to come back next time. We're going to talk about solutions that you've learned over your experiences. But um, Christopher, your son, when he was dealing with addictions, you didn't really even recognize him any longer. Uh, Describe what was going on and how that challenged you as a mom. This is the serious stuff that some families are going
1: through. And sadly, there's a lot between the opioid addiction and the challenges that we have today. Um, My my son was a heroin addict, and uh, he came home. I allowed him to come home one time, um, and unbeknownst to me, he was going cold turkey from a heroin addiction, which Mm. you don't do and I didn't know that. I didn't know that was what was happening. He was and back home. You were happy. Back home, not so much about happy, but, but Well, you but probably we were, your heart was glad that he was. I safe. knew what he was exactly. Yeah. You know, I, but I didn't know the extent of his addiction uh, until I found him in. Withdrawal, which was a horrible, mm. horrible thing, and, and taking into the emergency room, and he, he was someone I didn't know. I, I had never seen my son like this, and understanding that as a parent, what our children are going through and what they really are capable and not capable of, you know, and what has altered their ability to, to you know take care of themselves—is it drugs? Is it? Emotional, is it mental illness? Is there a, a negative thoughts? Is, is there painful memories? Is something, you know, a lot of our kids have PTSD, which we don't even want to think of for 20s and 30s, sure. but they're, go- they're going through a lot. So understanding really where our kids are and what they're capable of, um, and not just putting them in a little box and saying, you're this age, you should be doing this. You're this, you should be doing this. There is no should be for some of these kids. We just Mm -hmm. don't know. And and drugs affected my son so radically that it was, as a parent, gave me more reason to want to bail him out and fix things and take care of him. But it, it didn't help. It just continued the spiral.
0: Danny Allison's story is specifically about drug addiction, and obviously there are a lot of uh, pressing issues for a lot of kids. Uh, parents, we we can blame ourselves for our kids' problems. So, how do you address that in, in this kind of a context?
3: Well, it's very common. I mean, we we feel ownership uh, over our kids' behaviors, good or bad. If they're doing really well, we go, "Oh man, it's yeah, all me as a parent, uh-huh. right?" And if they're doing bad, it's me as a parent and Really, it's our kids get to make their decisions, good and bad, and they get to live within those decisions and then figure out when it doesn't feel that good. Are they going to make new decisions, different decisions? Are they going to lean into uh, the the wisdom they have around them? Are they going to ask questions? And so you as a parent need to lean into the fact that your child is going to have some difficulties along the way. They're going to make poor decisions. It's not if but when your kids make poor decisions, how can you respond well and be all in with your kids as they're struggling and wrestling through the consequences of some of those things? Well,
0: and speak to the kind of the the scale of behavioral choices. So there was mention of Allison's son being a heroin addict. I mean, mm-hmm. there are antecedent behaviors that lead up to that. Right. You're not saying that parents have to just say whatever my kid makes his choices. So how do how do we balance? That sense of responsibility to protect them and and help circumvent, um, in this case,
3: really destructive behaviors. Yeah, it's always pointing towards healthiness, and so for for your adult kids or teenagers that are making poor decisions, uh, like you said, there's there's a gravity to those. They all require for you to be listening, be engaged, provide guidance when it's needed. And then allow your kids to make decisions, they, they, and they will not always listen. And in that, depending on the age, you need to put some consequences yourself as a parent, and that's very loving. That's hmm. life-giving reproof. As adult children, life tends to give them some consequences that they wrestle through. Now,
0: uh, and one more thing. I'm sorry I'm asking so many questions. This is really an area of interest. I was at an event. There was an expert on the stage. Somebody from the crowd asked about, how do I enforce natural consequences? And this speaker said, you don't, because they're natural consequences. It's really hard. And you deal with clients all the time whose parents have had to say, wow, this is a lot harder for us than we wanted, if only.
3: Yeah, and I've had so many young adult Young men that have come into the counseling office that have said, I'm tired of feeling this way, I'm tired of doing this, I want something different, I want mm-hmm. something new. You want your child to reach that place where it's their own, they own something different and healthy rather than you forcing it on them.
0: Yeah. Well, this is really good. And please know, focus on the family is here if you're in a spot of really struggling with your teen. Or uh, your younger child, perhaps making bad decisions. If you need a safe person to call, please know uh, donors make it possible for us to offer a terrific team of counselors. Uh, We can make an appointment, they'll call you back, they'll have a short phone call with you, kind of hear out what the situation is, offer some insights, pray with you, and uh, suggest some steps for uh, the journey ahead of you. We're a phone call away, 800, the letter A and the word family. Again, 800. 232-6459. We'll have links in the show notes. And if you're in a spot where it's not a crisis, but you're feeling like, I need some help here, Alison Botke's book is terrific, Setting Boundaries with Your Adult Children. It has lots of great perspective. As you heard from the clip, she's walked these roads. She knows how to enforce some boundaries. And um, I think you'll find this to be a great resource. Reach out to us, make a monthly pledge if you're in a spot to do so, or a one-time gift. And when you join the support team, we'll say thanks by sending a copy of this book by Allison to you, Setting Boundaries with Your Adult Children. Please remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We always appreciate your feedback, and plan now to join us next time. For now, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for listening the Focus
4: on the Family Parenting Podcast. A mysterious phone call and a new nemesis? Emily Jones and Matthew Parker are on the case. I just need to find out who this person is. Oh, it sounds like a real mystery. It all starts with a phone caller threatening to blackmail Jones and Parker's friend Jeremy. But this new nemesis won't stop there. Can Emily and Matthew figure out who this blackmailer is before it's too late? Solve the mystery with them by reading Jones and Parker Case Files, The Nemesis. It's the second book in the series with 16 new stories full of fun, faith, and intrigue. It's a great way for kids ages 8 to 12 to sharpen their detective skills while learning important values. Inspect clues, examine the evidence, and try to guess who done it.
1: This is going to be harder than I thought, Mr. Whitaker. Uh-huh. Oh, stop saying that, Priscilla. Relax. We're going to have a blast.
4: For more, go to Adventures and Odyssey.comslash Jones and Parker. That's Adventures and Odyssey.comslash Jones and Parker.